What's up, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this episode, we're here to talk all things NFL free agency recap. You're going to see how bad our projections were, but <laughs> we're going to talk about all the major <laughs> headlines that came out of this uh, free agency period. should be a fun one. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, guys? It's Connor. You know me as the co-host with the most, and you can lock that some of these teams in free agency are dumb. Hey, guys. Nate, uh, the NFL college and fantasy guy, but you might be questioning that based on uh, how good some of my free agency picks were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like I said in the beginning, a lot of our picks did not go as planned. Um, I think we did better overall with the NBA than the NFL. Um, I think there was a lot more certainty with those. Yeah, yeah, we we had a lot more inside information um, when it comes to that. But, yeah, Nate, though, it's been a while since you've been on the show, man. I want to welcome you back. Uh, How have you been this past month, and uh, how are you feeling about this coronavirus with all the sports (laughs) canceling in general? (laughs) Yeah, I've I've been good. I've just been pretty busy with school all the craziness of coming home for thought it was gonna be for spring break and now it's been a couple weeks but i'm looking forward to getting back on here uh more often especially since there's you know nothing to watch nothing to um, (laughs) do unfortunately (laughs) yeah that's true that's true um it's gonna be good to have you back on the show more often uh you did fill out the free agency picks but you didn't get to explain any of them same with connor yeah. So well, you guys can maybe, if there's a head scratcher on one of your picks, maybe you can explain it when we go through it. But uh, And actually, we'll, we'll just start with that, guys. We'll, we'll start with these. So here are the first <laughs> rounds of our quarterbacks. As you can see, red all across the board on my side with Winston, Rivers, Brady, Bridgewater, Denny Hill. All of them I got wrong. Eric, however, was able to get Rivers and Denny Hill right. He knew those two, but he got Brady and Bridgewater wrong. Out of those same guys, Connor, you got Rivers and Tannehill. Everybody got Rivers and Tannehill, but me, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> and then the rest have all been wrong. <laughs> and then uh, Eric and I are still in play for Winston. Yes, you guys. Who knows where Winston will go? It's really nobody knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the next set of quarterbacks here, we have Newton, Dalton, Prescott, Mariota, and Carr. Personally, I only got Prescott right, and same with Eric, although there's still a chance Andy Dalton could go to the Patriots. If that happens, that'd be big for me. (laughs) uh, And and Carr's probably staying with Oakland. That's who who Eric picks. So those are Eric and my picks for those sets of quarterbacks. Uh, You guys, Connor and Nate, similar story, getting Prescott right, everybody else wrong. Although Andy Dalton could stay with Cincinnati and you both get points there. Nate, you can get an extra point with Carr staying in Oakland. Um, Out of these, though, I do want to say the one kind of surprise was, Nate, you predicted Bridgewater would go to the Miami Dolphins. What led you to make that selection? Uh, I just figured that the Dolphins would probably need a longer-term solution at quarterback. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's not obviously going to be around too long I wouldn't think um so I just figured they might take a chance on Bridgewater especially with him being um a Miami native thought 
that that might push the Dolphins up on his free agency uh, oh, wish okay. list, but uh, obviously that was not the case. Yeah. Yeah, see, I figured the Dolphins would be more in lines of drafting a quarterback, which it looks yeah, like that's what they're going to do. That, mm. that was my that was my thought, was that they were going to – they're probably going to try and draft Tua in the draft, is my thought. That is true. Yeah. So we'll get with our first list of players here. So we've got Clowney, Anthony Harris, Byron Jones, Shaq Barrett, and Joe Tooney. Out of this list, I believe this is true for everybody. We only got Shaq Barrett, right? We all got mm-hmm. him right. We knew he'd be tagged, but Clowney still don't is undecided yet, but everybody else we got wrong. Anthony Harris, he could get traded. He he could be a tag-and-trade candidate, but for now he's still with the Vikings, so that's why he's red on the screen. Kind of a shocker that Joe Tooney was tagged by yeah. the Patriots. That was really the biggest surprise out of all of this, in my opinion. And Nate's a resident Patriot fan. How do you Did you see that coming, Nate? I I really did. I mean, at, at that time, uh, it sounded like they still wanted to potentially bring Brady back. So I think they would uh, spend the money on Tooney, but uh, I'm happy they did. I think he definitely deserves it as one of the best guards in football. So I'm glad to have him back. But I really thought saw him signing somewhere else. Did you have anything to add to that, Connor? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, that was definitely a yeah, huge shock. I mean, I didn't when you said that, I was like, whoa, like really? <laughs> yeah, that that stunned all of the experts too when when that news came in because we had a feeling about some of these other guys, but that was definitely a surprise. All right, going up next, DJ Reader, Amari Cooper, Corey Littleton, Austin Hooper, and Ngakwe is obviously still at large, but the other four of those guys. Personally, me and Eric actually got Amari Cooper right. Everybody else we got wrong. And both of you guys got them all wrong. So (laughs) uh, I guess with Cooper, because Eric and I were on the same page with him out of this list of guys, we saw him as being like a necessity for Dallas to bring back, even even at a higher price, maybe like record setting receiver money, just because they spent a first round pick on him and how important he's been to Dak Prescott. So I'm curious, why did you guys think there was a chance that he wouldn't go back? I just thought it was going to be too much money. Like, because I okay. thought I did. Well, one thing is I didn't anticipate Dak Prescott turning down that big deal. I thought he was going to take it, and then at that point, it was going to be like, well, you know, do we really want to spend all of our money on Amari Cooper? And then, like, you know, yeah, you've got Prescott, Zeke, and Cooper all locked up, but then you have no nobody else on your team. So, um, but I guess it's not too big of a uh it looks a bit more smart now considering that Dak turned down the deal and they had to tag him so at least you lock up Cooper to a long-term deal now um so that but that's why I had Cooper I, I just picked the Broncos because I heard some things mm-hmm. about that but um yeah yeah I'm pretty much in the same boat here i I thought they were gonna sign um Prescott to that huge contract and I just figured there won't be any money left over to uh, keep Cooper in Dallas and obviously the Eagles need some help at receivers so I thought yeah. maybe they would put up the money for it but they did not <laughs> yeah, they've got other plans obviously yep. with a lot of other stuff they've done um this next slide Chris Harris Devin McCourty Eric Armstead Joe Schobert and Javon Hargrave would round out these guys and Eric and I got actually we all got Armstead going back to the 49ers and I think everybody but me got McCourty. Yep. 
and then everybody else we got wrong. So it's a common theme for a lot of us to get these guys wrong. But <laughs> out of out of uh, out of these guys, was there any big surprise to you? Like, I guess for me, Schober it was a surprise. I didn't see the Jags being in play for any of these guys on our board, but I was happily I was happily surprised that they were able to get him. I think he's a good uh, middle linebacker. Definitely fills a need. Mm-hmm. Per, so I, I'm happy with the signing. They didn't. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't that bad of a contract, in my opinion. It's really two years with the guaranteed money, and then the next three years they can pretty much cut him at no cost. So I, I think it was a smart move for them. Uh, but anybody else surprise you on this list? Or I was kind of surprised about Chris Harris going to the Chargers because I know – I mean, I had him going to the Lions. Especially now I'm surprised because, you know – after the Lions, they just traded Darius Slay away. So it's like they could really use another cornerback. So I'm surprised. And I'm su- the Chargers were like the last team I expected to go after <laughs> defensive players. Like I thought they were going to go after offensive players. But to go after a top-notch corner, I thought that was going to be uh, – that was out of the question. So that really surprised me. Yeah. Any, any, anything surprise you here? Um. Both, honestly, both those pretty much surprised me. The other ones weren't too much of a surprise. I mean, I picked Armstead and McCourty to come back, and uh, Hargrave, I didn't really totally know where he was going to end up, but um, I'm glad the Jags made what I thought was a pretty smart move um, for the first time in a while and brought Schobert (laughs) down. I think he's going (laughs) to... The experts would disagree with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I think he'll feel... Hopefully the hole that Telvin left that uh, really hurt them last year, and mm-hmm. I think really paused too since he's gone. Yeah, pause. I think they've just and, and Jack really didn't have that great of a year last year. I think they definitely needed some help at linebacker. I think um, he can come in and do that. Yep. All right, the next group for me, I got Blake Martinez and Kenyon Drake right. The ones I got wrong: Jack Conklin, Dante Fowler, Brian Balaga. The Chainsaw Massacre man that I talked about in the last episode. <laughs> um, and then Eric was able to get Drake and Fowler right. And you guys also got Fowler and Drake right as well. So out of these, was there anything that's surprising to you guys? Um, I was a little bit surprised that Atlanta even had the money for Fowler just because it seems like they were so up against the cap that they were cutting everybody. I didn't think they'd be able to bring any of these guys in. So that one surprised me a bit. But the rest, I really didn't hear a lot about the rest of these guys that I got wrong. So I can't be that surprised. But Well, I will say I'm a bit surprised that the Packers didn't bring back either Balaga or Martinez. Like I thought for sure they were going to bring at least one of the two of them back. So I was pretty surprised when both of them didn't end up going back. Like when I, cause I made the pick that they were going to bring Martinez back. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, you know, they picked up a different linebacker and they were bringing him back. I was like, okay, crap. Like that sucks. You know, they're going to bring Balaga back and I'm going to be the only one to get this wrong. <laughs> but then they didn't, but then they didn't bring Balaga back either. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess that works out. Um, yeah. I, I did anticipate uh, the Falcons getting Fowler though, because I know that they just let Vic Beasley go. So I was like, okay, they're, you know, whatever money they have, they're going to be looking for pass rushers. So, I mean, obviously Fowler is not the greatest pass yeah. rusher in the world, but he's something. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that Martinez didn't end up on the Browns. Uh, like we just talked about, Schobert left, and I, I, I thought the Browns would 
try and make some kind of move to um, kind of fill that spot at linebacker. Let uh, who's the other linebacker? Um, let Kirksey walk too. So I, mm-hmm. I think the Browns are going to have a big hole at linebacker coming in this year. Yeah. All right. Now the final list of guys is for the, the land of part, unknown. We don't know. Yeah, it really is the <laughs> land of unknown. Um, yeah. We are able to predict that uh, Jason Peters isn't going to be going to the Browns with all the money they've spent. I'd be shocked. And plus, they they did bring in uh, Conklin from the Titans, so I don't think they're going to be spending spending more money to get Jason Peters. So we predicted him to get wrong. And then Jamie Collins, he was. I should have just put both my money on the lions but he's this year's patriots defender to the lions we knew it was going to be one one person at least. <laughs> i got it wrong by picking uh picking yeah so i got him wrong but um out of these guys i'm really curious to see where gordon goes because he's really his stock has gone way down this past season and he was looking at being a franchise guy with the chargers and now He's probably going to be a backup somewhere, getting a lot less than he probably made last year even. So it's really, really a crapshoot where he goes at this point. I'm not sure where it's going to be, but that's why I think maybe the Chiefs he might go to just to try and get a ring. They don't have the greatest running back situation, so I'm still – I don't want him to go to the Chiefs, but if (laughs) if he does, at least I'll get that pick right. But what do you guys feel about this, this class of guys? Well, I think the I'm interested to see what happens with Robbie Anderson because I know I think a lot of experts were predicting that he'd be off the board by now, but he's still there. And also with Melvin Gordon, you know, you mentioned that he's still on the board, but I think one thing that's going to hurt him even more now is the fact that Todd Gurley is now on the market, which you know he was just released about an hour ago by the Rams, and so now you know with Todd Gurley being out there, how does that affect Melvin Gordon going forward? So. Um, I'm really curious to see. I know like there was some talk that the Bills might want to get Melvin Gordon, but the Bills have kind of shut that down. I think the Bills might be looking at Todd Gurley now instead, um, now that Melvin Gordon's up there, because you kind of just don't want that that drama in the locker room. I mean, when you had, I think I'm sure I've said this before about like, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Odell Beckham and all those other drama queens that like, you know, when you've got someone, especially when he only put up around 600 yards rushing last year, and he held out while still under contract. Because I know my dad and I were talking about this earlier, that it's one thing to hold out when you're not under contract. But when you're under contract, like Melvin Gordon was, and he held out, that sends a really bad sign to other teams that you're not, you know, it just turns teams off of you instantly when you do something like that. So who he might not get signed at all before free agency is over. It might be one of those like Des Bryant situations where he gets signed like in the middle of the season by somebody who needs a running back. Jesus, what a fall down from for him! Like so, Nate, what do you think though out of this, uh, out of this class? Where where do you where are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. Kind of this is kind of a tricky spot for me because I agree with what. Um, you guys are both saying about Gordon. I think that's kind of the next big domino to fall, him and Gurley, see where they end up. And that's kind of like, for me, that's kind of the last of the big, obviously, I like Clowney still, but like, um, as far as the big time, you know, big names go in free agency, that's kind of the last one for me. And then Robbie Anderson is kind of an interesting one too, because he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's an elite receiver, but he did 
Um, you know, ended up at the Pro Bowl last year. He's definitely got, um, you know, some skills and added value to a team. I definitely could see him ending up on the Raiders because I feel like they'd be the type to give him a big contract, um, even though the production may not totally be there. Um, but that's another one I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did, this is going to be like a funny question, guys, but I asked this to Eric. I'll ask it to you guys. If you had to get one of these two tattoos, neck tattoos, which one would it be <laughs> between Collins and Anderson? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, you already know my stance on the Terry Rogier yes. uh, owl tattoo on the neck. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I can't even tell what that says on Robbie Anderson. I don't know either, but I still went with it because I don't want a chain around my neck. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess I'd probably go with that. Hopefully it says something not too bad. Yeah, I'd have to, have to go with Robbie Anderson as well. That That's a big and uh, pretty loud tattoo for Jamie Collins. Yes, it is. All right. I believe but, Eric said he wanted the chain tattoo, so he definitely oh. with us. <laughs> Looks like Robbie Anderson's tattoo is something like no pain, no gain, or something like that oh, on his yeah. neck. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's acceptable. I mean, that's yeah. not derogatory or anything like that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna kind of hit a bunch of different topics here with free agency. So we went with our picks, but now I don't know if we'll get to go. We'll get to cover all of these certain things and. I'll kind of pick and choose who I ask each question to, but we got to start with the man himself, Tom Brady, going to the Buccaneers. I was confident he would not go back to New England because of the friction with him and Bill Belichick. I just thought it was going to be too much. I thought he was looking for something else. I thought him not re-signing early in the season was a warning sign. Him asking to be not franchise-tagged was a warning sign. All these signs that normally you would think he would just come back to the Patriots and it'd be a done deal. The fact that he didn't show that any signs of that happening led me to believe he would walk and go somewhere else. I didn't know where it would be with Tampa, which I think is a really interesting team for him to go to. Uh, Their defense got a lot better. They've got a lot of weapons on the offensive, on the offensive front. So really though, I'm not too surprised by this move. I know you guys are and. I'll start with Nate, you know, who's been covering and following Tom Brady his whole career. So, <laughs> Nate, as a Patriots fan, how do you feel about this? And just what what were your thoughts when you when you saw this news? Ah, thoughts is being pretty depressed, honestly. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, before the episode, but um, I made that pick in my free agency picks. Really, um, yes, as a Pats fan, but I really logically didn't see you know the reason why he would leave obviously there had been that reported you know friction between him and Belichick but for me it was always hard to believe that when it's like you know neither one of them would really comment on it so it was always just a you know anonymous like third party source and then they would just go out on the field and it would um you know all work out and they win games and everything would look good so for me like I was very surprised especially when it came out that, at least in a Kraft's, you know, public statement that Brady didn't even come to them to uh, negotiate a deal this offseason. So that was a pretty big shock to me, especially at 40, he's going to turn 43, I believe, this offseason. Um, to be that old and go to a new team, especially after spending 20 years with one, 
and trying to run a new system with new players and a whole new town, like that just didn't uh, make a whole lot of sense to me. So we'll see how it works out this uh, this season. It'll definitely be interesting, uh, be kind of very weird to watch. Um, yeah, it's totally unexpected for me. Yeah, I mean, well, this is, I, you know, you guys know me, I locked that Tom Brady was going to go back to the New England Patriots, (laughs) so this was really interesting for me, because I know, like, you know, I was getting, I was getting a little bit more confident as free agency was going on, like, you know, the, the Chargers, like, kind of dropped their interest in him, the Titans re-signed Tannehill, and I was like, okay, like, you know, the options are going down, like, you know, Brady's going to go back to the Patriots, and then it got down to that point where it was like, okay, he's down to the Buccaneers and the Patriots, I'm like, oh, okay, perfect, he's down to two teams, he's going to go back to New England, because, you know, that's, he's going to do it, and then it was like, Tom Brady signs with the Buccaneers, I was like, oh, so unfortunately got that wrong, but I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I, if I'm being honest, like I know we're not making season predictions right now, but I honestly don't think this is going to change the fortunes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers too much. I mean, I, I saw a meme on uh, Facebook that was like, you know, the classic, you know, kind of bandwagon meme where it was like, you know, if you weren't with us when we went seven and nine, you know, normally they say like, you know, 12 and four or whatever. But for the Buccaneers, it was like, you know, if you weren't with us when we went seven and nine, don't be with us when we go eight and eight. So <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if it's going to change their fortunes that much. I'm not going to make any true predictions on it yet since we're you know still really far from the season. But it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be one thing that'll be really cool to see is to see uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady get to square off twice next year. So mm-hmm. um you know, we never got to see that between him and Peyton Manning. So, but at least we'll get to see it between him and Drew Brees at least once for at least for one season. <laughs> and also, the AFC East now is open. You know, there's no oh, Brady in the AFC well, East. That's gonna be I, interesting. Well, I already know what I'm predicting for the AFC East. So, <laughs> okay. but I won't I won't reveal that yet either. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we'll go on to another another person here on this list, and De- that's gonna be DeAndre Hopkins. This trade completely took me by surprise but in hindsight i really shouldn't have been surprised because the man behind this trade bill o'brien has got to be the worst gm in american history of sports because this this was the moment of free agency where eric and zach like got up and popped the champagne and cheered (laughs) because deandre hawkins is a he's a killer man he He's easily a top three receiver in the NFL. And here's the thing, too. He always stays healthy. With the Texans and their receivers, usually it's their other receivers that are have question marks when it comes to health. Hopkins, he is always available on the field. He's Deshaun Watson's obvious number one guy. He's a lock to get 1,000 yards every year. Just a complete what you want in a wide receiver, everything you want in a wide receiver, you have in DeAndre Hopkins. He's still young. He's in the prime of his career. He was on a cheap contract relatively to what he should be paid. And they give him away for David Johnson, who's an overpaid uh, late. No, I'm not going to say lazy, but he's not, he's not been, he's not, his production has not been worth his contract. He's getting old, he's aging, and it's a running back, too, where running backs aren't that important, really. This isn't the 70s or whatever. This is 2020. So 
the fact that they got him in a trade and then the only other draft, they basically they swapped fourth round picks and the Cardinals give up a second round pick. It's just completely crazy because I know the Texans are probably going to draft a receiver with that second pick, but that I, I guarantee you, no matter who they draft, is not going to be better than DeAndre Hopkins. So this, to me, was great for the Jags and the AFC South. Really, all the AFC South teams are celebrating this move. Houston fans are wondering <laughs> what, what their coach-slash-GM Bill O'Brien is doing. Like I said, I'm glad the Texans kept him around for stuff like this. I didn't see something like this coming, but it's not surprising. If it was going to happen to anybody, it would happen to the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien because traded Clowney, didn't even get a first-round pick for him. But he got Laramie Tunsil, which cost two first-round picks. I mean, they have hardly any draft picks. Their sense of direction is totally – we don't know what they're doing. Are they rebuilding? But they just went all in for all these guys that they spend all these draft picks on. And now they're shipping their playmakers off. It's just crazy. And then for the Cardinals aspect, this is huge. This is great for them. They get rid of David Johnson's cap number. To do that, you you would think you would have to give up a draft pick, let alone – get DeAndre Hopkins and and now you add DeAndre Hopkins to Kyler Murray that offense is going to be crazy to watch next year with him Fitz Christian Kirk they're probably going to draft another receiver in this draft too so really the thing with the Cardinals is they got to get that offensive line secured and then they're bringing back Drake he's a pretty good running back too their defense is questionable but their offense it's going to be a show and it's going to be really interesting to see that NFC West next year because it's going to be one of the most competitive divisions in football. I can't wait to see it. And I and now, too, him and Ramsey are going to be back in the same division. So that rivalry gets continued. But absolutely <laughs> crazy trade here. I'll start with Connor. Connor, I'm, I know you're you're thinking this, too. But what <laughs> what do you feel about this trade here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, completely like the dumbest trade of all time. And the, on the history of the Houston Texans, you know, on this side, like what in, in what universe – would you make this trade? Like, I think you and Eric and I were talking that like, you know, Madden wouldn't even accept this trade. Like when they went and try and did it, it was only like half interest level on the part of the uh, Houston Texans. So, I mean, and not only is David Johnson like, old, like he's aging and he's, you know, overpaid, but he's also super injury prone. Like, I don't think the guy is, the guy just can't stay healthy at all. So, I mean, you trade, I mean, and I would argue that Hopkins is, probably the best receiver in the league like you said he was top three but i'd argue he's probably the best right now but what he's been able to do with like just terrible quarterbacks throughout his career is crazy so i mean it's and it it shifts the fortunes of these two teams dramatically like you said i mean the cardinals they were in the cellar in the nfc west you know this past season but now it elevates them i don't know if it elevates them to you know division winners but it certainly puts them in the conversation for maybe a wild card spot next year Mm -hmm you know, with this upgrade to the offense and it takes the Texans who were division winners and basically eliminates their chances of making the playoffs in my mind. Like, you know, you already don't have a running back because Lamar Miller is a free agent now. And so, you know, even, even though he was injured last year, but he's a free agent, he's not coming back. You trade away DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller can't seem to stay healthy. You're losing pieces on your defense as time goes by, you know, JJ Watts, not the man Mm -hmm. he once was. So, I don't even know where this leaves the Texans, you know, and I feel really bad for Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm sure as soon as his rookie deal is done, he's going to be looking to get out of Houston as fast as he can because, you know, Bill O'Brien's getting rid of all of his weapons. So this is actually going to lead me into and 
I don't know if it'll happen during the season, but before, I guess I'll say I shouldn't say before. If we're saying that this season is the upcoming season, before the next season, I'm actually going to lock that Bill O'Brien's going to be fired. Okay. Before yeah, that, next that's season. definitely possible because they gave up a lot here with Hopkins. I think they're going to really regret that. And it seemed to also to be like a personal thing too yeah, where he, they just he, didn't he get says, along yeah he says yeah. something like oh he's like bringing his like wife around too much it's like well who cares he's like the best receiver in the league let him bring his wife around you know keep the guy happy you want to keep him around and so but yeah i don't know if it'll and i think it's like i said it's gonna lead to the fact that the texans are gonna i mean in all likelihood they may not finish last place in the division because i know the, the jaguars are in kind of full rebuild mode right now but you know, they're probably going to finish third and not even be in the running for the playoffs. So Bill O'Brien's getting fired next year or next right. season. <laughs> We've got another lock for Connor's lock board. Uh, Nate, how do you how do you feel about this whole situation with Hopkins and the Cardinals? I mean, Connor mo- mostly summed up most of my feelings about this. Um, obviously, it's a pretty boneheaded trade, but especially like, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty on these things, but when you look at the return they got back, um, and compare it to two other big events that, ha- that are happening in the NFL right now. But you look at what the Vikings got back for Diggs. It was, I believe, a first rounder and a second rounder. Um, like that's so much more than obviously a fourth and you know David Johnson. David Johnson. Has, <laughs> yeah, a running back who really hasn't done anything um, in two years with a huge salary. So that's, I mean, and Diggs, you know, is not. I don't think near the caliber of player that Hopkins is obviously. So it's that return by itself was just pathetic. And it especially looks bad that nobody saw this coming, obviously. So you can't totally fault Bill O'Brien on this, but um, how bad does it look that you made that trade with the big, you know, supposed big return being David Johnson when, you know, less than a week later, uh, Todd Gurley just hit the open market. You could sign him for, probably what David Johnson's going to make, maybe even less if he's on a one-year prove-it deal. Um, so, yeah, overall, this is a bad trade. I think the Texans are um, – I think it's kind of marked the beginning if it hasn't already started, but definitely the beginning of the end for the um, Texans for a while. Okay. That's good for, for the Jags fans yeah. listening to this for sure. And even Titans and Colts fans too are going to appreciate that. Uh, we'll move on now to another another person on the board here, and that's going to be Nick Foles. So I was I was actually surprised that they ended up trading Foles to the Bears, and it, it really to me it doesn't make that much sense because they still owe him 18 million from his 21 million salary. So it's 18 million dead cap for the team that they're going to be paying for a guy not on the team. They only get a fourth rounder in compensation for it, and he he's valuable as a backup i've always said this he's probably the best backup in the league's history if something were to happen to Minshew, which probably will considering the style of play that he plays scrambling around a lot being a small guy he's probably going to get hurt and they're probably going to need a backup to come in and what better backup than nick Foles, who has taken teams to the super bowl and won super bowl won a super bowl as a backup took another eagles team as a backup to the playoffs he just seems like it just seems like that's really valuable for only $3 million in savings and getting a fourth round pick. This team already has 10 draft picks. So 
I'm not sure really why they did this. I know a lot of fans are happy to now it's official. It's going to be Minshew's team next year, but I'll start with Nate. What do you, are you on the side pro trade or anti trade when it comes to this for the Jags? And then maybe discuss the bears perspective on this. Where does, do you think he's going to beat out Trubisky? Um, so we usually don't disagree on too much stuff, but I'm going to go pro trade uh, for the Jags on this one. Just because I do agree that the savings um, for next year alone wouldn't be enough in my mind to justify that. But when you look at the whole rest of his contract, I think it's pretty evident that Minshew um, was you know a lot better last year. They should have never benched him in the middle of the season. Um, they might have had a chance to you know get close to the playoffs if they had let him start all those games. But um, I think Foles just did not have it last year, especially after his injury. So I think I think long term it's a good thing they got rid of his salary. That you know huge contract was going to slow him down from uh, trying to rebuild in the future. I think it was a smart move to just eat the dead money this year, uh, use all those draft picks to hopefully bring in some young talent, and then you've got you know all that money off the books in the future to um, kind of rebuild and speed that up because you've got if Minshew does indeed prove he's the franchise quarterback you know you're paying your starting quarterback sixth round uh rookie salary money for a few more years like the Jags could they make the right moves going forward they could really put themselves in some great positioning here and I think for the Bears it didn't really make sense to me at first but I think it'll be interesting to see if he can beat out Trubisky um I don't really know who would have the advantage um, obviously Trubisky's got the better like physical skills and all that, uh, foals, maybe a little bit better decision-making and such, but I think, I don't know. I, I really don't see a clear winner there, but obviously if they're willing to take on that kind of salary, that's basically the equivalent of giving him that big deal themselves. So I think the bears expect him to probably beat out Trubisky and be their guy going forward. Yeah, so you mentioned that you and Zach don't disagree often. Well, Zach and I don't agree very often on this show, but <laughs> I'm actually in agreement with Zach on this, that I think it was a bit of a bonehead move for the Jaguars in this case. I mean, the fact, again, like the fact that you're paying a guy $18 million to play for a different team and you only got a fourth round pick out of it, like maybe if you'd gotten like a, a second or a third rounder for him, or like maybe two fourth round picks or something like that, but just one fourth round pick seems like not enough compensation for that $18 million in dead cap. So, and also like Zach said, I mean, you know, Nick Foles is like the modern day Frank Reich, you know, he can't, he's not going to go in and be like the answer to your team's, you know, quarterback troubles, but he's a great backup quarterback and can come in when he needs to be. And I think the Jaguars were going to be all in on Minshew anyway, because I know the even if Foles was going to be around, you know, a lot of times when teams have two quarterbacks of kind of similar skill level, there's all this talk like, oh, you know, who's the starter going to be? There's going to be a competition. It's going to drag the team down, blah, 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 blah. The Jaguars were already set on Minshew. Like there wasn't going to be any competition between Foles and Minshew. It was going to be Minshew from day one. So um, and having that security blanket is something that a lot of teams could sorely use. Because there's a lot of teams where you see the starting quarterback goes down and then boom. They're, I mean, it happened to the Steelers this year. You know, Roethlisberger went down and Rudolph and Hodges couldn't carry the load. So, you know, maybe the, the Steelers would have benefited from having a guy like Nick Foles on the team. So 
I don't agree with the trade. And from the Bears perspective, I think the Bears, at least the Bears fans, I think are going to be really happy because, you know, the Bears fans want the Bears to move on from Trubisky. Um, But I don't think Foles was exactly the right choice. I think maybe they should have tried to trade for Derek Carr or maybe, you know, before Mariota got signed by the Raiders, tried to go after Marcus Mariota or somebody else. Because, like I said before, Foles isn't really the kind of guy to come in and be your starting quarterback. He's kind of proved that in the past, that when he's the starter, when he's the full-time starter, he doesn't really perform up to to the level. So um, kind of a not really – I wouldn't say it's bad for the Bears. I'd just say it's more of like it just kind of doesn't make sense. But I think I agree with Zach that it's – I think it was bad on the part of the Jaguars to get – to make this trade. Yeah, and if if – the rest of his salary for the next four years was guaranteed, I would say great because that's a lot of money that you're letting off the books. But after the season would be over, it really wouldn't be that much, if anything, that they would have to guarantee him. So they could have kept him around one more year. He could have mentored Minshew. They would have only spent $3 million more million, and you would have had a backup quarterback, whereas now you're going to have to go out and sign a backup quarterback for at least probably $3 million. So... I'm not too sure why they made the trade, but I'm not running the team. I know a lot of fans are all excited about it and everything, but to me, when you go when you see Nick Foles next year and he somehow takes the Bears to the playoffs, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be remembering this moment because the Jags just let him go and just paid him 18 million to go win a playoff game for the Bears. Not saying that'll happen, but we'll see. Um, We'll move on now to another. We'll, we'll hit the, these two AFC quarterbacks here in a row. So Rivers and and uh, Ryan Tannehill both got AFC deals. AFC South again. AFC South again. All four <laughs> AFC South teams in the news here. Um, right. uh, so Rivers going to the Colts, one year, twenty five million. Tannehill, I think it was a was it a three or four year. It was four year, one hundred eighteen mil. Okay, I knew it was a lot of money. It's so four years and a lot of money, over a hundred million. And I saw there was one thing that said 93 million guaranteed. Then there was another thing that said 63. I think there's differences on the quote unquote guaranteed versus the quote unquote fully guaranteed. I don't know what all that means, but it's a lot of money nonetheless. For a couple of years, they've got him locked up. And for me, for the I'll talk. I'll start with Rivers first. I think this is a terrible move for the Colts. Um, I don't think he. I don't think Philip Rivers at this point in his career is much better than Brissett at all, and we saw that last year. He really regressed, and it wasn't a lot of people was like, "Oh, the offensive line, oh, the offensive line." There was times when he was just making bad decisions, and there was times where he was taking sacks. He he gets a much better offensive line here with the Colts, but still, I'm not a, at this point in his career. I'm not a Philip Rivers fan, and the Colts. They spent their number 13 overall draft pick in a trade for DeForest Buckner. So they're really kind of locked out of getting a rookie quarterback this year that's going to be a first-round pick. And I think that's where they should have gone. I think they should have – I know they've got a bunch of draft picks in this draft, but they should have probably packaged 13 and some draft draft picks to go up and take a quarterback. And now they're not going to do that. They're setting themselves up one year behind – Rivers might win him a couple games, but it's one year, $25 million. When have you ever seen that really work out? Uh, so at this point in his career, I don't think it's going to work out with him and the Colts. And then for Tannehill, this is a massive overpay. 
really similar to the Foles deal, but with Foles, at least, you saw him for several years and stuff, but Tannehill, he really just had an eight-game stretch that led you to believe he's a $100 million man. It's absolutely crazy, but I I just think Tannehill is fool's gold. Um, I think that team was really more of a Derrick Henry team in the playoffs, and I know we had some good stats in the regular season, but Tannehill, he's not going to be the long-term answer in Tennessee. They're going to see that after the season when he reverts back to his old self, just being average, that they're going to realize that they massively overpaid for an average quarterback and they lost out on a chance to potentially go up and draft one of these quarterbacks. So I think there's going to be a couple of really good quarterbacks in this draft. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'm personally happy with both of these men joining this uh, division. <laughs> Even though Rivers is probably going to only be one year, Tannehill, he's he's locked up in Tennessee now, So and, I, and I'm not afraid of him. So what do you guys think? I'll start with Connor about these two. Are you pro the signings or anti the signings? So with Phillip Rivers, I actually kind of like the move for the Annapolis Colts to bring in Phillip Rivers because it's only a one-year contract. If they got if they'd signed like a two- or three-year deal, I would have said they were stupid. But it's only a one-year deal. It's a little bit hefty for $25 million. But, you know, he definitely – and I think the other key for Rivers is that, yeah, he played really bad last year. I think he's out to prove something this year. He's out to prove that, like, you know, I'm not that bad. Like, I'm still – I can still play at a high level. I can still – you know, he's not going to be putting up the numbers that he once put up. But I think, at least for the most part, he's going to cut down on the interceptions, which is the big thing. Because if he can put up the same kind of, like, yards and touchdowns he put up last year but cut down on the interceptions – the Colts have the team. I mean, they have the offensive line that, you know, Quentin Nelson and they re-signed Anthony Costanzo, which was a good move. But, you know, they still have Marlon Mack. They still have T.Y. Hilton. They still have that defense with Darius Leonard. So I think this was, I said, I like this move by the Colts. And like I said, it's only a one-year deal. Jacoby Brissett wasn't getting them anywhere. They thought it was going to be better, but it didn't happen. So at least bring one year of some change. And I think the other big key is I think Frank Reich is a really good coach and it can make this work. So again, not too bad for the Colts. I definitely more disagree with the Titans. I think it was in my mind, the right move to bring Tannehill back after what he did last year, but definitely not at that price. That price is just way too steep for someone like Ryan Tannehill because not say that, you know, even last year, you know, you say he's going to go back to being average. He still kind of just played average anyway, but he was a good game manager. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't, you know, he just, you know, turn around, hand off Derrick Henry. If you got to make a throw, he'll make it. He won't throw the interception, you know, and you rely on the run game and the defense, kind of the old school style of football. But when you, the other thing about Tannehill that even though he plays average, he's also, you know, I mentioned this last season and it could come up this season. He's a man of glass. And, you know, he's been injured so many times in his career. And now the Titans don't have Marcus Mariota to be there. It's kind of like a safety valve as the backup. So if Tannehill gets hurt, then that's going to be bad news for them. And you just paid him $118 million, which is, you know, working out to like $26 million a year or something like that, or $25 million a year, something like that. So... Definitely way too steep of a price. I think they should have tried to get him back maybe on a short. If they were going to pay him that much money, it should have been a shorter contract, maybe like a two-year contract worth like, you know, $60 million or like $55 million or whatever. So, um, like I said, I like the Rivers move. Don't like the Tannehill move. 
All right, Nate, where do you where do you stand on these guys? Um, so I'm gonna say I think I I like the Rivers move better than I like the Tannehill move. Um, which isn't to say I I particularly you know a big fan of the Rivers one, but I just think they're both pretty like meh sort of moves. Um, I think Rivers he's not gonna be you know an MVP or anything this year. And I definitely think he was declining last year, like, just in terms of his decision-making. And, I mean, he's always kind of just, you know, throwing the ball around and, you know, throwing a lot of touchdowns, throwing a lot of picks, kind of like a Jameis Winston kind of situation. But I think it got a lot worse last year in some of the games I watched. It was kind of ugly. So I, I, but I do think potentially a change of scenery for maybe potentially one last go-around um, with a lot better supporting cast on offense could, you know, give them a shot to challenge for a wild card spot or something like that. I think they'll have a better year this year than they did last year for sure. Um, so I don't mind that move too much. I think the Tannehill move was a lot more questionable for me because I like him. I like what he stepped in and did last year. But if you really watch those games, like he didn't do anything that was that spectacular. You know, the Titans finally figured out after four years to give Derrick Henry the ball, and he really took off last year. Really, the last um, year and a half, he just went crazy. And Tannehill benefited from that. He got a lot of open play-action looks, got a lot of uh, stacked boxes to throw the ball outside. And um, so I think the Titans, I think he'll do good for the Titans, but I think given that much money, I don't think the performance has justified uh, the expense, especially if Derrick Henry gets hurt or if um, he leaves after next year, the Titans could be stuck with a pretty mediocre situation on offense again. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going to just kind of do some of these like rapid fire. So I'll, I'll we'll start with the Browns here. I want to talk about um, and then I'll kind of designate. Connor to talk about the Cowboys and then Nate to talk about the Dolphins free agencies. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to start with the Browns here. I was a fan of the Conklin signing for them. That was good. They really needed to sure up that offensive line, but really the signing that questioned me was the Austin Hooper one because they already have David and <laughs> Joku. That wasn't a, I know he's not great, but he's something at least better than a lot of other tight ends. And they made Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end in the NFL. And if you ask me, that was a foolish decision because Austin Hooper's another guy, kind of like Tannehill, where we haven't seen it for that much. I think Hooper benefited a lot from the open coverages that he got against teams because of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. As that third man, you're going to get open a lot. And he kind of and he really benefited that from his final season. I know he was okay before that. He didn't just burst on the scene last season, but to be the highest paid tight end, absolutely crazy, but it's a typical Cleveland thing to do. Uh, they let <laughs> Schobert go. They, they let Schobert go. Um, I'm not sure how much that's going to impact their defense. Like you said, Kirksey's going now, so they're, they've got holes at the linebacker spot. We'll see what they draft. I I really do think they need to trade Odell Beckham, and I know that was a previous lock that Connor made that either him or Landry would go. I think they need to keep Landry, trade Odell, because that relationship did not work out between him and Baker. But if overall with the Browns, I've just, I'm just i not a fan of their offseason. I'm not a fan of these signings for the most part. 
I'm going to give it a D for the Browns. Uh, Connor, <laughs> Connor, I'll let you talk about the Cowboys now because I know you've got some opinions about Dak. Yeah, I mean, I don't just I don't understand why Dak Prescott turned down that deal. I mean, he keeps thinking that he's, you know, it's this whole mindset of that whatever the next quarterback is has to get the biggest deal, which the stupid thing is, is that the deal he got would have been pretty much the biggest deal. I mean, it was a bigger contract than Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if it had as much guaranteed money that, as Jared Goff, but it was still definitely, like, at least the second most guaranteed money and the highest, like, yearly salary. So um, I don't know why he turned it down, probably because he's just – because he's not that good. Like, he's a good, serviceable quarterback. Like, he can he, he can be on that Cowboys team and be good, but he's not elite. He's not a superstar quarterback. He's not someone that you pay, like, Aaron Rodgers or – you know, Drew Brees type money to, you don't give him that kind of money because he's not elite. And so, and I'm also not in agreement with the Amari Cooper signing, you know, because I think they should have gone at, like, instead of keeping Amari Cooper, they should have kept Byron Jones around instead because their defense is looking really big holes. I mean, they re-signed Sean Lee to a one-year deal, which I thought was a good idea. You know, he's not going to, light the world on fire anymore but he's still a serviceable linebacker but then they went out and they signed Gerald McCoy to a three-year deal which I thought was kind of odd I mean he's an aging defensive lineman which you know they they need someone more than just a Marcus Lawrence and Gerald McCoy is not the answer so I'd probably give them a C on their offseason I mean obviously Amari Cooper is you know having that help stack Prescott but it pretty much, in my mind, the Amari Cooper signing pretty much closes the door on Dak coming back in the future. Now that they're already paying Zeke, Amari Cooper, and Demarcus Lawrence, if they go and give Dak Prescott a big contract, there will literally be zero money for anybody else, and the team's going to go right straight into the garbage. So I'll give them a C on their offseason. Okay. And now, finally, to put you on a spot, Nate, uh, the Dolphins, they signed a lot of guys, Byron Jones leading the class, but I I just know, I don't know all the names of who they signed, but I know they signed a lot. They spent a lot of money these past two days. Where would you rank their their signings, really, in this free agency period for the Dolphins? I honestly think they had a really good free agency period. They spent a lot of money, which some of the deals, like the Kyle Van Noy deal, um and some of those kind of signings were a little bit, um, you know, kind of a lot of money to me. Um, they definitely, like, you know, made sure they were the ones to land the guys they wanted. But I think giving Kyle Van Noy, like, $50 million was kind of, you know, maybe an overspend. But I think the guys they got, um, they got him, they got Landon Roberts, the fellow Patriots linebacker from last year. Um, I think pairing those two guys is what I keep going back to, pairing them with uh, Ryan Flores, who was our linebackers coach and basically defensive coordinator for, you know, a few seasons in New England. And I think they'll be very effective in his in his system. He can definitely, if anyone can get the most out of them, it'd be either him or Bill Belichick. And obviously he's got them in Miami now. So that's, I think, a big upgrade to their defense. Um, obviously Brian, Byron Jones, another big upgrade which I think that money was definitely worth it. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know. I think I would I would give them a positive grade, probably I would say a B for free agency, not um, the best, just in the sense that they spent a lot of money, and if any of these guys don't pan out, 
you know, they could be hurting again on a couple years. But I think they've t- taken some positive steps where if they can land Tua or somebody and have him pan out, uh, they could be on, you know, under something there. All right. Well, yeah. And I'll, and I'll say one quick thing about the Dolphins, too, that separates them from the Cowboys and the Browns is the Dolphins have three first round draft picks this season. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that's going to help them along the way. <laughs> Yeah, so they had a lot of money to spend. They spent a spent a good deal of it. And I guess before we go, I'll ask Connor since he he knows a lot with the Panthers and Cam Newton and stuff. What? <laughs> so how do you feel kind of about Cam potentially being traded? We have a lot of Panthers fans that follow this uh, podcast, so they've all been angry about it. They are Cam loyal fans. What do you think? Is Cam really? Because is is the fan base really feeling that with Cam, or is it just the case of our fans being loyal to Cam and the Bridgewater thing? Do you like that over Cam and all the other guys that they had there? Like, where where are you feeling with that? I mean, I do think the the Panthers kind of gave like kind of flipped the bird to Cam Newton with that move. Like they. Cam Newton, he's not only has he been the quarterback there for the past, you know, <clears throat> nine seasons, you know, he's been the face of the franchise, but what Cam Newton has done just in like the North Carolina and the Charlotte community has been so meaningful to the Panthers fans that, that all of a sudden, I mean, it's definitely, I will say Panthers fans are not happy with the new owner. He's already made some questionable decisions over the past season. And now that you're going to, you know, you brought in Teddy Bridgewater and you're basically saying screw you to you know the most beloved player in the franchise right now it doesn't go over well with the fans the fans are going to turn on you know the owner here if they haven't already they're going to because and it's it really puts cam it doesn't make sense to me considering that cam is still under contract you know if cam wasn't under contract anymore i think i'd feel a little bit better about it i'd say okay fine you know Cam is, you know, he's had injuries in the past. He's looks like he might be regressing a little bit. We don't know. And so, but if he's, you know, if you were going to have to pay him like a new contract, then fine. Sure. Take the chance on Bridgewater. He looked really good for those games that he filled in for Drew Brees. Obviously Bridgewater is still not the most proven quarterback in the league, but he looked good last year in his time in relief. Who knows if that was just like a Nick Foles type thing where he came in as a backup. And once he becomes a starter, he doesn't look very well, but you know, we'll see because the fact that Bridgewater doesn't have as many weapons on the Panthers as he did when he was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I don't like about this thing with Cam Newton and possibly bringing in Bridgewater is that the Panthers have pretty much shown that they're in rebuild mode now. I mean, Luke Keekley retired. They traded off Greg Olson. They let James Bradbury walk in free agency to go to the Giants. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much all they have left is Christian McCaffrey at this point. So I would in my I would think that the Panthers, what they probably should have done is they could have tried to use Cam Newton as draft collateral to maybe, you know, move up in the draft and maybe, you know, get like a first round, maybe try and take a quarterback somewhere in the draft and start rebuilding that offense again instead of giving Bridgewater this contract and then just having Cam Newton sit in limbo. Because if you release him, then you're taking that cap hit again which, you know, no one wants to do. Nobody wants dead cap on their team. That's bad for everybody. But then you also kind of can't keep him on the roster because then what are you going to do? You're going to have Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater, who you just gave this new contract to. Yeah. (laughs) The the dynamic doesn't really work there. And I will say the last thing about that is that the Panthers, if they, instead of releasing him, if they do look to trade him, they're not going to get what they want for him. 
because mm-hmm. you know I, they, they're just not they're not going to get what they were supply hoping to get. outweighs demand <laughs> right they should have tried to tried to trade him before if that was their decision if they were going to try and trade him they should have tried to trade him before they paid bridgewater in my opinion yeah uh, so that'll that'll wrap this one up for you guys. So this was our recap to Free Agency Frenzy. It's also going to be our last Friday show for indefinitely until sports comes back on. We said this in the last episode, but starting from now on, we're only going to be doing Tuesday episodes till sports really comes back and starts playing games again. Um, some things to look forward to in our Tuesday shows, though. We've got more Sports Jeopardy lined up. We've got our new Top 10 miniseries, which we're going to have our first episode coming up this Tuesday. We're going to do Mock Drafts Galore. We'll do a combination of all those things and whatever interesting topics and stories come up along the way. We'll cover them as well. So stay tuned for that, guys. But Nate, glad glad you're back with us here on this episode. Hey. and. I was glad to hear your perspective about Brady because I was really interested to see where where you thought with him. Are, I'll ask you this before we go. Are are you going to be rooting for the Buccaneers at all next year? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I wouldn't say rooting for the Buccaneers, but I, I think I'll still probably you know tune in and see what Brady does. Okay. Um, I would like him to you know I don't want it to be a you know like. Joe Montana or one of those situations where he goes and is absolutely like awful. Like, I mean, I still want him to do good, but I mean, if the Bucks, you know, miss the playoffs, they win the Super Bowl. Like, I don't really care about that, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching for sure. Okay, gotcha. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and remember to be clutch. Bye. See ya. For Eric, peace. <laughs>